0: This is El Paisano Media, and you're listening to EPM Network. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rio Hondo's Pretty Neat Podcast, where we talk about stuff that's pretty neat. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the internet, art, aesthetics, and me. So, uh, let's hop right into it, I guess. Uh, just a bit of a disclaimer, this week's episode might get into some touchy, uh, heavier topics, but I'll save that for the end of the episode, so you won't have to worry about skipping over anything. And this week's episode also has a lot to do with music. So, if you're listening to this in the car, or you're not able to, like, you know, get to pen and paper, I'd highly suggest you come back to this episode just to get a little bit of suggestions, because if I do so say myself, my music suggestions are pretty good. But, that aside, let's hop into it. Oh, and, uh, by the way, if you like some of the music you hear in this, let me know. I made it. I'm not that great. I kind of suck. But that's beside the point. Without further ado, for reals this time, let's hop into it. So, the internet, art, aesthetics, me, what's going on? First episode, we talked about ARGs and how some of these things have, like, artistic integrity and, and really bring something to the table that you can't really find in a lot of other forms of media and I figured that'd be a great segue into talking about really the general effects that the internet has had on art as a whole and what better example than aesthetics and I know to most of you who are probably listening Aesthetics just means visual things, right? Like, what? You know, the visual balancing of something, or you're making something? Well, yeah. Kind of. When I say aesthetics, there are a couple of you who are listening, who are like, oh, vaporwave, right? And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Vaporwave. While well, aesthetics does actually have, like, a genuine English definition It also has sort of a meme definition. Uh, Specifically, it relates to Vaporwave or Echo Jams, as they were originally called. But what is Vaporwave? That's a really, really deep rabbit hole. And one we're going to touch on a bit. So. Vaporwave is a lot of things. Now, It's hard to really say where Vaporwave started, but more or less the sort of, sort of not, sort of, safest estimation is to say it started with Echo Jams, which was sort of the name? Oh, there's a lot of sort of Vaporwave in its history, but it was sort of the name for this genre of internet-based, internet-birthed music, where they took songs, old songs... Chopped them up kind of roughly, added some filters, mixed them together, and there you go. You have a strangely nostalgic, old school, new school, sort of synthy, really creepy and almost liminal, but comforting, all the same, song or expression of art. And that's the thing with Vaporwave, it's way more than just music, it's actually an entire genre of expression, at least in my opinion. And it's a pretty safe estimation to make this sort of claim, because, well, when you look into Vaporwave as a whole, there are a bunch of moving dynamics and expressions of it that are all kind of layered over each other, and inundated, like, super deeply with internet culture. And listen, just like in the first episode, I realize a lot of what I'm saying might be kinda complicated and really might seem pretty heavy, especially if you don't have no idea what Vaporwave is. So before I start getting ahead of myself, which admittedly I already have started, let's kinda break apart Vaporwave. So Echo Jams. We have this weird genre of music. But how do we get to the strange post-capitalistic era of multi-genre music and art where we're at now, basically? Well, it's complicated, (laughs) but everything I've been talking about so far is, right? Alright, so you get to that area because... Not only was the music developed with this sort of intention of of creating a, what I can best describe as a liminal sense of nostalgia, which if you've listened to any old school echo jams, and by now they really are old school, they're from the early 2010s, you'll kind of get what I'm saying. But if you're looking them up, you'll also notice a lot of the art associated with it is strange. VHS-filtered pictures of seemingly futuristic shapes and, and, and forms alongside and sculptures from antiquity, you know, like those porcelain busts or pictures of the sculpture of David, right? And so you're mixing these Greek cultures with... This weird VHS filter and these weird futuristic, like, pyramids that are made out of, like, complete silver. Think of, like, the Terminator. You know, the one that turns into the liquid. And all of this is on the backdrop of either a purple purple 1980s synth wave, which is something else we're going to get into, grid. Or nature. Like, straight up just... The forest. (laughs) Specifically, the rainforest. For some reason, palm trees are really cool when it comes to this sort of thing. But why is vaporwave as a genre of music associated with this? Well, they're sort of extrapolated from the same thing. In layers of the visual arts of vaporwave and aesthetics, you can also find a lot of layers of specifically internet based ideas and thoughts, uh, not necessarily completely native to the internet, but, excuse me, sorry, ideas and thoughts that were really explored and and made popular through the internet. Take, for example, ideas of post-irony or non-comedy, you know, these sort of like inside jokes that suck. It's the best way that I can put it. But what are these inside jokes that suck? Well, if you look into the history of vaporwave, you'll probably find somebody saying something along the lines of como hacer vaporwave. Why is that funny? Well, if you know, you know. And if you don't, you don't. And that's the thing with these internet-based art forms they're almost like memes in that they're global inside jokes. If you're in the know, you're in the know, and if you're not, you're not. Go listen to some Blank Banshee. You know, you have trap-influenced vaporwave with strange, really like, kind of hitting hard, just like trap would, but it's, it's weird, and it's mixed, and it's It's all the same sort of like distant and just as liminal as something like Mallsoft. Luxury Elite's music is a really great example of that. Or if you're into something more adventurous, go listen to Midnight Stereo or Late Night Stereo, A and B sides of the same record. It's great. On one side you have this sort of like weird Mallsoft-y soundtrack and on the other side it's taken from an actual adult video that was like a weird storyline and, and each beat, each scene has its own song associated with it. It's really cool. It's, it's something you can spend like legit, just listen through the entire album at once. And it's, it's quite the trip, but that's what I'm saying. These weird forms of internet-based art are so fascinating to me because I found a lot of Interesting reflections of myself in them. The earliest form of this reflection, specifically related to Vaporwave, was my interest in its critique of capitalism. You have a subgenre, or an arguable subgenre, just in case anybody's a purist out there, of Vaporwave called Future Funk. Um, some notable composers of Future Funk are. St. Pepsi. He's probably one of my favorite. Uh, Skylar Spence is his real name, I think, but he goes by St. Pepsi for a lot of his more vapor-wavy future funk tracks. And then there's Macross as well, if you want to listen to some. Uh, one of my favorite tracks is Selfish High Heels. But the point is, looking at the aesthetics and listening to the sort of, I, I guess you can say, ideas present when making these remixes, really, of old songs like they do in Future Funk, kind of gives you a sense of this weird, idealistic fantasy. Hear me out. When I first started listening to Future Funk, I didn't necessarily pay entire attention to the cool sort of sampling that they were doing, you know, of like 1980s Japanese city pop or BYOB and making the, their own song what i was attracted to was the fact that these songs came from an era that was so fascinatingly commercial everything had to be perfect and beautiful and and just the right temperature when you go to take a drink and these things were reflected in a lot of the videos that were presenting these songs a lot of the the music videos were of old ads spliced together you know showing buff dudes drinking pepsi and beach babes drinking pepsi or mcdonald's ads things like that you know back when there was that strange period in the you know 80s and 90s where people were starting to recognize ads are kind of dumb but you know they lie a lot and they're sort of fake but at the same time everything was like so economically booming because technology was advancing and and you know cars were cool and boxy and futuristic if you don't believe me look at a celica it looks like a spaceship or the mr2 and and at the same time these expressions of art that are focused on this commercial era of of technology of the you know 1980s 1990s they also sort of focus on city pop which is a japanese thing and you know there's influences from anime culture that bleed into future funk and sort of like our expressions of this and you see this as well a lot in the aesthetics uh, classic animes are are very heavily present in a lot of the music videos and stuff like that and really one of the biggest inspirations and influences in this like whole subgenre of vaporwave was daft punk and their whole anime thing that they did and really this sort of relation between anime and internet culture and music kind of continues with stuff like outrun which is another one of my favorite genres of of i guess you can say this is more separate from vaporwave but this is still electronic music outrun is essentially the 1980s do dooch to dooch to dooch to do do like this is what the dudes from Drive listen to, basically. <laughs> you know, if you're if you're in your uh, Firebird or, or your IROC and you're ready to rip it and you got a girl you gotta save and you're wearing your fingerless gloves with your driving jacket that has a big crab on the back, this is the music you listen to. And it is cool. <laughs> it's really cool. And it's that same sort of idea where it's like, They take these cheesy, sort of funny ideas from the past, and they remake them into something nostalgic, but at the same time something that can stand on its own. To me, when I look at this, I really get a sense, like, I get this idea that even though these forms of art might, on the surface, seem to be Completely for the aesthetics of it, really. Which I feel like, looking back at it now, kind of explains why words like aesthetic were completely associated with with this entire sort of movement, you know? Like, why did C-Punk die out? Well, C-Punk was an entire separate genre of these sort of like weird remixes and stuff. Well, it's because they became mainstream. Oh, sorry, have you heard the train? <laughs> it's really late tonight, so... You know, but hey, is there any other time to record when you're talking about Vaporwave? You gotta do it in the middle of the night. But that's beside the point. C Punk kind of died out because it became mainstream. I think Rihanna made a song with it or something, and it sort of lost its luster. And that same kind of stuff happens with a lot of internet based stuff, you know, it becomes popular. But it, things seem different now than they did like five years ago or seven years ago when I was finding this stuff out for the first time, because now you have stuff like 1000 Gex or 100 Gex or whatever that band's called. Hyperpop. That's really, really similar to stuff that was like being made a couple like less than a decade ago. That was essentially trash. Like people weren't unless you were in the know or you were like a hardcore EDM dude. You had no idea about stuff like go. Okay. Before, after you finish this episode, aside from the music recommendations I've already given you, go out and watch some of the old episodes of This Exist on YouTube, and you'll get what I'm saying when I say, like, Hyperpop kind of has its origins from a couple years ago, and it's not something that's super new, but the thing is, is, like, the internet has allowed these things to become mainstream without killing them, like, happened to C-Punk, and, I kind of feel like Vaporwave played a big part in that because no matter how dumb or just entirely aesthetic Vaporwave might seem, it was inundated and completely flooded and inseparable from the ideas of post-irony or irony and post-capitalist critiques. Vaporwave, arguably, is Marxist, which I know might off-put a lot of people, but that's the point. You can argue about this stuff, but in the end, it's entirely meaningless to the actual art form itself. Because the art form is, for lack of a better way of putting it, purely for the aesthetics. Do you get what I'm saying? It's a big roundabout way of saying that it means nothing. But it's talking about itself. And to me... (laughs) This weird exploration of self-meaning and stuff is really fascinating. Unlike last episode when I was talking about ARGs, it's kind of hard to pull exact ideas from vaporwave and these weird forms of internet art. But at the same time, I feel like if you can tap into this idea that the internet in itself like as a whole is an exclusive club of like-minded individuals who despite maybe not all of us getting along are all in on the joke maybe just maybe there's something there to touch maybe there's something there to grasp and hold on to maybe there's something there that can make you some money (laughs) or get you a job, or at the very least, allow you to provide more clear insight, much clearer than I just did in the rest of this episode, to what it means to be on the internet. What is the internet doing? And and how does AI and the future of AI, how is that gonna work with people? What does it mean to be a person? How is AI going to impact that? And here's where things start getting serious. If you're not in the mood to hear something that's kind of heavy, I'd suggest you go listen to one of the other podcasts that we have on the channel. But if you're willing to hear me talk about some heavier stuff, stick around. I promise not to get too depressing, but regardless, it's a pretty heavy topic. So, again, and this time I'm going to be a little bit more blunt. I'm going to be talking about dementia and Alzheimer's. So, if I were you, and this isn't something you want to hear, you know, I won't take it personally if you dip out. But, now that that's out of the way, let's talk about something else that the internet has an impact on And that's popularity. And I know that seems to be really obvious because internet has become way more widely used and important throughout the decades. You know, when I was just a baby, people were still figuring out how to use it. And now that I'm 22, the internet seems like a necessity. You know, it's, it's like gas, light and water. An internet. Arguably, some people see it that way, and whether or not it's supposed to be that, it's kind of arguable that it should be. But that's beside the point. Not entirely beside the point, but not the main point. What I'm trying to focus on here is the idea that the internet is a pivotal part of society now. Whether or not we agree, it's a part of of the functioning of most societies, especially popular culture. And that's where we get stuff like memes. Specifically internet memes. The idea of these like cultural concepts that are passed on to each other. And why am I talking about memes when I said I was going to talk about dementia? (laughs) Well, it's because I feel like this is a really great example of how the internet can bolster and sort of signal boost forms of art and at the same time will completely deconstruct it, make fun of it, create post-ironic concepts around it, and really exemplify the coping process of the human psyche. That's really heavy, I know, but hear me out. So, The Caretaker is a composer and producer who's made a really famous album. Uh, it's a six, a series of six albums or something called Everywhere at the End of Time. And it's going through... It's It's an album of old music that's been remixed and edited to go through... The the stages of dementia. Um, and it's, it's heavy. It's really, really heavy. Uh, the most popular and most widely known track is one of the earliest, I think it's the first track actually, uh, tracks called It's Just a Burning Memory, which is a remixed version of the song Heartaches. And it's somber and distant and it sounds like it's being on a played on a damaged record and with the knowledge of what it's representing the earliest onset of of dementia it's painful to listen to but all the same the internet took it deconstructed it by throwing it into memes you have one of my favorite memes of jfk from clone high saying my day be so fine then boom i can't remember all the while here in the back track of just a burning memory And that's what I mean. The internet's sort of like this big club of people who are in on the joke. And whether or not everyone is, there will always be somebody who is. Even with something as depressing and and heartfelt as an exploration of the eventual degradation of what it means to be human that so many people are going to face. The internet takes it, deconstructs it, creates irony around it, and ultimately, like completely ultimately, it copes with it. To me, the relationship between art and the internet is strange. Because I feel like allows us to express forms of ourselves that we can't entirely define. And, and uh, as technology furthers, as AI furthers, our understanding of each other and our understanding of each other's suffering is only going to get more and more expressed and it's up to us to sort of deconstruct it and understand it and ultimately cope with it together. And I know that that might seem kind of heavy, but really, to me, it's pretty neat. That was kind of lame, I know, but hey, it's me, Brandon. What do you think I'm going to do? Well, I'll see you guys in the next episode. And hey, piece of advice. If you got somebody you haven't talked to in a while, go tell them you love them. And do a good deed today too, huh? And remember, vaporwave is art. Mm, That's my opinion. And it's right.